As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. The roster is set, mostly. Time to start looking ahead to the Bills on Monday Night Football in less than two weeks. The 2023 Jets season is almost here. Thanks for checking out the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic. Uh, If you're watching us on YouTube, Give us the thumbs up, um, spread the word, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to us, same thing. Give us a five-star review um, and check out the video if you haven't. Um, sometimes it's it's fun to see our faces. Um, Zach, <laughs> you were at practice today, and because the Jets haven't actually officially announced the roster at this point, I know you're out there with your notebook basically doing math. and I can't even imagine <laughs> what your notepad looks like, drawing lines, and this guy's here, and that guy's here. Where's this guy? It's like um, that scene in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie Day has like, all the, this stuff the, all up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you did predictions for the 53-man roster, and you've told me that there was 55 men at practice today. So we can't do a direct comparison because of those two mystery roster spots that are out there. But how are you feeling about the predictions at this point? You know, I, one that it appears that, I mean, again, we're going to say this and then watch like, you know, to our luck, they'll turn around and like cut these guys that I'm going to bring up. But um, so they are at 55 based on who we saw at practice. So they'll have to get down to 53. They can do some chicanery where they cut like a veteran and then bring him back a couple of days from now after they put like Carter Warren on injured reserve or whatever. But Kenny Oboe I had in my final 53. Xavier Gibson. I, I didn't wind up doing Nick Bodden, so I guess I could still technically be right if they cut Bodden and, and then they just bring him back because he's a vested veteran, so he won't hit waivers. Um, trying to see, is there any other ones I can I can celebrate? Um, I mean, Ashton Davis made it, but that was kind of obvious by the end. Yeah. And I got, got Trey Dean wrong. I got Malik Taylor wrong. Uh, I think those were it in terms of like the guys I had on there that didn't make it. So I think I did pretty well, all things considered. Uh, I have to like compare and contrast once the official thing comes out. And then, you know, it should always be a reminder that it's just, it's important to call it the initial 53 because it changes quite a bit. Uh, they could still claim guys on waivers, which we won't find out till tomorrow. They don't need, the official roster technically hasn't come out as of this recording. By the time some people listen to this, it will have. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm sure you have some questions about surprises and stuff. But yeah, that my initial 
I think it, it generally, there was not any shocking things. And I think, you know, last year we had Jason Pinnock was the shocker because, you know, he's starting for the giants now. And he, I thought he was, he was one of the, so every year there's usually like a roster lock that doesn't make it. I don't think there was a single lock that didn't make it this year. So, um, yeah. So I, I think maybe that says something about just the quality of the roster. And um, I don't think they'll have as many guys get claimed as they did last year, but I think they will have some and we can get into that, but yeah, I, I think Jets fans should feel pretty good about this roster, I would say. Yeah, I think we always mention this time of year that these are, you know, we talk about cuts and who made it and we throw names out there, but these are these are lives, right? These are these guys' lives and and their, you know, their careers and what they're doing. So um, respect for the guys that that do get cut and hopefully they find homes as well um, and, and through this whole thing. So let's go, I guess, position by position yeah, sure. a little bit. We're not going to go through the whole roster, um, but we can go quickly start- on some positions. Yeah. Yeah, you start at quarterback. Um, the big question was, do they keep a third quarterback or not? The answer right now, no. So Tim Boyle out, um, but he'll probably be back on the practice squad, right? Yeah, that that'd be my guess. Um, they do have, you know, you, you say the question it was a question because of the whole emergency third quarterback rule. If you look around the league, I think there's been more teams that have been cutting the third quarterback than I expected, actually. Um, I feel like the idea is more I feel like that emergency quarterback thing is probably more served for like the playoffs. Like they don't want that, that thing to happen with the 49ers last year. I, you know, it's pretty worst case scenario if you lose two quarterbacks in one game. And I don't think it happens that often. It does happen in the jets. to their And you're life. probably going to lose that game. Anyways. Yeah. And you're probably toast anyway, at that point. Um, so, you know, you have to decide, do you want Tim Boyle on the 53 or do you want to just, you know, stick it out and put him on the practice squad. He can still help there and be a part of the team. Um, and so I think that's probably where they leaned. I'm sure that was a decision they thought about, but. Ultimately, you'd rather keep somebody like a Xavier Gibson, a Kenny Oboa, or you know, guys who maybe they were worried would get claimed. You keep them, and you get past Tim Boyle through. And then, if you need to call him up, you have the two practice squad call ups, and then, and then you could uh, you could sign him to the active roster. He has to be on the fifty three to be the emergency third, uh, which is a key point. Um, so it's technically still possible. He's a veteran; he won't hit waivers even if he did. Nobody's claiming him, so. They could bring him back in a few days in theory, but um, yeah, I'd say practice squad for Tim Boyle. Let's jump to receiver next because terrible hosting job by me. I forgot to tease at the top that we actually have an interview with Garrett Wilson and also Sauce Gardner coming up later in the podcast. So um, tune in for those, you know, keep keep it on here for a little bit. We'll go short <clears throat> discussion so we can get to that stuff. But good discussions by Zach sitting down with, with those guys this week. Um, so at the receiver position, uh, Wilson, Lazard, Cobb, Hardman, obviously the no-brainers. Brownlee and Gibson, we thought probably were in good shape. Irv Charles is interesting just because that that's a lot of, a lot of receivers, Zach. Yes, yeah, seven receivers. was the When I walked out there and I saw Irv Charles, Xavier Gibson, and uh, Brownlee all standing next to each other, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And Al Lazard was practicing. Um, so, yeah. But it I, makes you wonder if when you say 55 and they have to get to yeah. 53, if that's one of them. That, that's where the and alarm bells are sounded. That's where their alarm bells are sounded a little bit. Yeah. Um, out of those three, like who's the most likely to get, like if they were to cut somebody between now and 4 PM, it's probably Charles. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I, I did see McCall Hardman uh, doing some punt returns with alongside Xavier Gibson uh, and Hardman hadn't really been doing it as much as you had thought. So if 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 they view Harbin as a returner, maybe they don't keep Gibson on the roster. I'm not sure, but he did show some flashes. I thought 
that was worth keeping around. Brownlee, they clearly liked what they saw potential-wise. I think he'd be the most likely acclaimed out of that trio. Irv Charles does have a role in special teams. He's the biggest of those three. They need a backup for Alan Lazard. Um, I wouldn't say Charles like necessarily stood out in camp. I think he got most of his reps with Zach Wilson. But I know this coaching staff is really fond of him. So I feel I, like I, we I, talked about him less than anyone. Yeah, that's that was why it maybe felt like more. I think his special teams role probably helps him. Um, but he seems like a guy you could keep on the practice squad like they did last year and call him up on game day if you need him for special teams. So, like, in terms of whose job is the least secure out of that group, I'd say probably his, but, you know, maybe they're waiting to see if Alan Lazard is good to go in week one, and then once they're positive that he's good to go, they can cut Irv Charles. But, um, yeah, seven receivers was, if you're going to say, like, what was the biggest surprise, I'd say that was the thing. Walking out on their practice field and seeing all those guys still there was surprising to me. Uh, <clears throat> all right, running backs. Um Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Izzy, and then Nick Bottom for now, and we'll see, but eventually he's going to be there, you'd think. Uh, Bam Knight. Obviously, Bam Knight's a guy that um, last year had kind of his moment on the field for this team when called into action for one big week and then less impressive after that. And I wonder how much that that one game and that performance is going to help him find a home now that he's been cut. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I, I think he's an NFL running back. You know, he did slow down as the season went on. And I think the run blocking wasn't great, but he also, you know, I think he is limited in what he can do, but he does have some explosive if he has some juice to him. You saw it in practice. He didn't struggle, struggled a bit in the, in the preseason, but I don't know if I necessarily think he gets claimed. I, I don't think running backs, I think people kind of expect running backs to get claimed every year because running backs are the biggest names and everybody kind of knows who they are. But a lot of times those guys get through. So um, maybe he doesn't get claimed on waivers, but, I think he maybe would have an opportunity on a 53 somewhere. If not, the Jets will happily bring him back on the practice squad. He's a valuable guy to keep down there and in case an injury happens or or whatever, um, especially with, you know, Brees and Dalvin both working their way back into things. So it wasn't a surprise that night was cut. I think it was more of a surprise as it preseason progress that it wasn't really a competition between him and Carter, but ultimately expected night to go, and he did. Yeah, we talked about that, I think, two weeks ago yeah. after uh, when when he was the one in the game and Carter wasn't yeah, suited exactly. up. Uh, all right, switching to defense and the biggest surprise, probably safety, right? Whitehead, Adams, Adrian Amos, Ashton Davis, who had a great you know end of preseason games. He, he really showed himself. But Trey Dean cut. Yeah, I think that was the one that – there's always one that makes fans mad every year. Um, and I, I think Dean was the one that fans are the most mad about. Uh, I, I had him on my 53, like I mentioned. I thought he showed enough to make the team. Uh, from what I'm told, they very much like to bring him back in the practice squad. Uh, he did show a little bit in the preseason, like enough that maybe a team claims him. I think he's going to be one to keep an eye on for that. If he gets through, they'll bring him back for sure. Uh, you know, ultimately, it, the Ashton Davis lives on. Uh, I know some fans are still mad about that, but this coaching staff loves Ashton. He's very athletic. He does his job. He's good on special teams. Uh, and so ultimately Ashton won that job over him. Adrian Amos wound up sticking around. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a surprise cut. He was kind of who I had my eye on. Um, but yeah, so the Jets clearly looked at Trey Adams and uh, didn't think that they necessarily needed to keep him on the initial roster. So um, he he's, I, I get why fans are upset because it's like the fun, exciting, young safety. And I think everybody thought maybe he could be the Tony Adams of next year. You know how Tony Adams made the team last year. And then this year became what he is now, which, feels like he could have a huge year just based on everybody talks about him around here. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see if trading gets claimed, but you know, if you're going to 
if you're just like going to go through the roster and say like, what's like one thing that I absolutely would change and I would have kept him probably, but ultimately I don't like, this isn't going to move the needle in either direction. They'll be fine without trading if he doesn't make the team ultimately. Uh, cornerback Bryce Hall sneaks through. Um, I feel like he's been on that edge for a while now after obviously as a rookie year, he was a starter and all of that. But from last year with the additions they made, he just now he's, he's down the bottom of that roster, but surviving. Who is that? Sorry. I get distracted by a tweet. Bryce Hall. <laughs> Bryce I Hall. That's what I thought you said. That's what I thought. I hope it wasn't a Connor Hughes tweet. <laughs> oh no, I would never look at those purposely. Um, yeah. Bryce Hall keeps living. Um, he's, he's a guy that I think would get claimed if he was cut. I I'm curious to see if his roster spot is secure enough that, you know, Brendan Eccles is suspended week one. Uh, so after you get through week one, they're going to have to activate Brandon Eccles and that'll take a spot. And so does Bryce Hall really have a place on this team at that point? Maybe they try and trade him between now and then. Uh, but I wasn't surprised that he made, especially once Jimmy Moreland went on IR and his season ended. There wasn't really competition for Bryce Hall there. So they need him for week one. They need that depth. I think he's an NFL cornerback. I know fans have kind of soured on him, but I think he's an NFL corner. And uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see if he sticks around after the first week. I think that's like the big question roster wise. All right. We didn't talk about tight end where Kenny Aboa gets through and Zach Kuntz cut, um, which judging by the chat and just overall a little surprise there. I, I wasn't personally surprised. I, I think fans got attracted by like the idea. The Zach Kuntz is very much like, um, like you like the idea of him more than you actually like him. And that's, there's like a line in the, the movie role models where he's like, I like the idea of Coke more than I actually like it or whatever. And I, I think that's, I think that's what it is with Coons. Like he's six foot eight. He's as athletic as any tight end that's ever come into the draft. Um, And so like in theory that there's some raw potential there, but remember a few things. Number one, he fell all the way to the seventh round for a reason, like pretty far in the seventh round. Um, he was not, he did not have a lot of production at Penn state before he transferred. And then he went to old dominion where he played a little better against lesser competition. And he's had some injury stuff. He's a little older as a prospect and he just did not show anything in camp or preseason. Like he just, he's a very raw player. I think the team, you know, took a while, took a flyer on him to see if he had, if he could live up to his like stature as an athlete and, and his size, but he just did not show anything. And Kenny Yaboa is on the flip side. He's a guy this coach staff really, really likes. I've heard Ron Middleton is as high on him as anybody in that room. Um, he's young. He's He has a role on special teams. He is banged up. He has a hamstring injury. You know, he's one of those that maybe he makes the initial and then they put him on IR or something like that. I did see him working off to the side. So they didn't, they're clearly not putting him on season ending IR. Otherwise, we wouldn't have seen him there, I don't think. Uh, but I predicted Kenny Aboa because I, I just, I'd, I'd heard how much that coaching staff likes him. And it's kind of like the Ashton Davis thing, even though he doesn't have the draft pick pedigree. I, the, the coaching staff loves him in special teams kind of situation. So um, that's why Kuntz is gone. I, I I don't think he'll get claimed. Maybe somebody will be tantalized by that talent, but they weren't in the draft and they had many chances to draft him. So <laughs> I think Kuntz will wind up being on the practice squad as well. All right. Um, you mentioned like the IR and it's something we haven't talked that much about because as you look with the season less than two weeks away, this team's getting healthy. Uh, Carl Lawson is back. Izzy is back. Dalvin Cook practiced. Lazard is practicing again. This team, I mean, the first thing about training camp, right, is you want to get through training camp with your big stars healthy. And there was some nicks and bruises along the way. But for the most part, looks like this Jets team goes into week one full strength. Yeah, I think a lot of good news came today. Um, Carl Lawson was the main one I was worried about. 
because he just had not practiced in a while. That back thing seemed like it was lingering. And Salah, who's always optimistic, wouldn't even say if he thought he would be back for week one. But he was back at practice today. Uh, I mean, they're probably going to ease him back in. I, I'm curious to see what that looks like. They do have this whole – this extra week helps for a guy like that. And the Jets are honestly kind of saved a little bit by this extra week because all these guys are healing up now. Um, yeah, Lazard was one, you know, AC joint. Sometimes, depending on the severity, that can linger for a while. So it's good that he's back. Uh, Dwayne Brown's back practicing. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook on the practice field. I, Brees, and, Brees and Dalvin are the mo- the ones I mostly have my eye on because, like I've, I think we've talked about, I don't really worry about Dwayne Brown getting ready for the season. I just I just think he's a pro and he's a he knows how to take care of himself. Um, Lazard, not really worried about. But the, the Dalvin and Brees thing, I'm very interested to see how that plays out because Dalvin didn't practice a single time all summer. Brees only just started. Neither of them have, have gotten hit since last year. Brees even longer. So, like, what's that workload going to look like? How ready are they for week one? I think that's what we're going to find out in these next two weeks. Like, is we don't watch the whole practice anymore, so I won't really have an answer to this. But, like, is Dalvin Cook participating in team drills? Uh, it will be an interesting thing. Um behind the scenes at least. But I, I think they anticipate both guys being available for week one. I'm curious to see what that looks like and if they're able to run the ball as much as they would like, I think. I, I that, That's going to be maybe the biggest question going into that Bills game because I think the defense looks very, very good. Rodgers is set. Wilson is set. This receiver group should be healthy. Um, I mean, all seven receivers. <laughs> and you have the tight ends and all that stuff. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the running game looks like if we don't know what Cook and Brees look like in week one. Yeah, you you hope that combined they can give you what one guy would give you, and then you you know you come in with the other guys as well. One good thing heading into that week though is that Von Miller won't be on the other side of the football to uh, to close the gaps down. He's out for week one. Yeah, he's he's staying on PUP list, uh, which means he's going to miss. I forget how many weeks. I think six weeks or four weeks or something. I I'm blanking. It's been a while since I've had Jerp and our Converse will be on PUP for the Jets, but uh, so I should learn that, but. Yeah, Von Miller will be out. That's that's huge for the Jets, especially for an offensive line. That is, the starting five is practicing for the first time together today, basically, like all five of them out on the field together. So, um, Dwayne Brown, Mackay Becton makes life a little bit easier for them. They still do have some really good pass rushers. They just traded one of the Giants. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I I think that's a very it's a good thing for the Jets. The the Bills defense is still scary, but you feel a little bit better when Von Miller all-time pass rusher is not out there. There was really nothing, just big picture here, and then we'll get to these uh, interviews that we want to play. But when you look back on this training camp as a whole, it really just was good vibes from start to finish, right? There was never, uh, there was all the attention to start and Aaron Rodgers and hard knocks. And obviously that's coming up again tonight with another episode, but there was never a, controversial moment there was never like any extended negativity there was no like trade requests i guess <laughs> i guess that. you had a pl- you had Corey davis retire last week but that was you know that was more yeah, like that would, okay, that would be the most controversial thing i guess yeah, yeah. but yeah it's you're crazy. right I mean, this is the jets right we do this podcast is about the jets right zach well that's the thing it's it's all relative though like we had a player retire and you're like ah it's whatever but like most teams it's like <laughs> and it's like a guy who they're paying 10 million dollars to and and you have the Sean Payton stuff and, um, you know, this and that and this and that. There's been a lot, bunch of like. Oh, that's true. There was the Sean Payton. I, but that, but that wasn't that. like that wasn't the Jets fault, though, like either. Right. That was yeah. Bronco. But you're right. No, no. I mean, there's still time between now and week one for a trade request. But as of now, there has not been one. Um, 
you know, it seems like, you know, both the guys that requested trades last year are no longer in the building. They're both traded. So, uh, so, so if you request a trade from the Jets, you'll get you eventually, it. You get eventually traded. it may yeah. take a year, but um, the, the, the irony of the Mims part of it is he, he might've had like a chance to really prove himself with all these, all the injuries they dealt with in Corey Davis. Like he, yeah. he might've made the team. Obviously. Yeah. Because his, he's the size guy. And, and they like, and he did a good job with run blocking last year. Like, mm-hmm. He would. He probably would have made it, and then someone like Irv Charles probably doesn't. Um, but anyway, he he got hurt in Detroit, so he he's having a tough time in his career, unfortunately for Mimsy. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's I'm happy that the season's finally here. Is what I'll say. And I I kind of when I talked to I talked to Sauce. I forget if I asked Garrett this too. And I guess I'm, we can introduce this stuff in a, in a second. I guess. But I I was like, so Sauce, we've been you know I've been talking to you obviously all off season. Like we've been at we, media, we've been asking you questions about expectations and, and this and that and Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff. Like how ready are you just to finally go out there <laughs> and play football? And I, I feel the same way. I've, I'm very uh, ready to stop writing the same things and asking the same questions. So we can actually just like have a game to be like, okay, this happened now let's react to it. Yeah. Let's pick things apart. All right. You want to set up, we'll start with sauce since you're just talking to him. You want to set this interview up? Yeah, if you guys remember, I did this last year with Sauce, and we had the the interview on here. He's promoting his Sauce Sauce. It's back again with Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, it's always fun chatting with him. That, that chat was, I think, it was a little less than ten minutes. One thing with these, when when you get these set up through, you know, the publicist or whatever, it's you have to, they do it with the understanding that you're going to ask them a couple questions about the thing they're promoting, so that winds up cutting into the time you have with them. But I, I understand why. Like that's the reason why I'm talking to them. But um anyway so sauce had the buffalo wild wings thing again he had some i haven't seen the video yet but he had something where he pretended to be an employee at buffalo wild wings and he said he he, he pretended his name was deroy gardner like defensive rookie of the year and he was like going i guess he was like going up to people and eating their wings off their plate or just being like just doing one of those classics like they do that with the athletes or they have them work at the team store or whatever um and then garrett um i keep forgetting what the company dr teals um it's a wellness brand that offers a range of products with restorative, I think it's like bath salts or something like that. Anyway, that's what Garrett was promoting. Uh, it was a great, like both those guys. I, I think about this a lot every time we get to talk to them, but they're both very media friendly and they're very media savvy and they're very like well-spoken and thoughtful. It's like really refreshing talking to those guys. And I'll say, I asked Garrett at the end of the interview, it's worth listening all the way to the end. I finally asked him about his dog, as I've alluded to on here, how he's always, talking about how he can't talk because he's going to talk about his dog. I think he was happiest to talk about that after like <laughs> peppering him with questions about like Aaron Rodgers and the season and expectations and all that crap. He, he was very happy to talk about his pup. So uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, I'm excited. I got to talk to these guys and I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. We are a dog friendly podcast and, and I will note that you were wearing a different hat right now. And <laughs> both of these interviews, so, right. they were filmed uh, without, at different, on different days and at different yeah. times. <laughs> without further ado, uh, we'll start with sauce and then we'll move on to Garrett Wilson with these sit down interviews. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So tell me what it what uh, the last year's been like being you know partnered with Buffalo Wild Wings and that you're getting to do your sauce sauce thing again. Uh, man, it's been great. You know, uh, being able to have this partnership with Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, it's been very fun, creative. You know, I'm just happy the sauce sauce is back. You know, for this football season and uh, postseason. Speaking of fun and creative, you know, I had me, me um I went undercover as a Buffalo Wild Wings waiter. You know, they go by the name of D-Roy. You know, uh, you know why the D-Roy was there, you know. <laughs> I would say too much about that. But, yeah, man, you know, um, it was just a great, great opportunity. I had a lot of fun, you know, doing that and just trolling customers, you know, eating food off they, off they place and doing all type of troll stuff like that, pouring my sauce sauce all over people's wings and, um, you know, I was quite surprised they wouldn't get angry because I know I probably would have. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was it was a great opportunity, and I appreciate them for that. Is the is the sauce the same as it was last year? Any any uh, changes to it? Yeah, it's gonna be the same. Not gonna not gonna be no changes. Gotcha. Um, I, I know I know Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he has a pretty strict diet, but are you gonna get him to try it? Yeah, I might I might get him to try it. I don't know why I haven't did that yet. <laughs> give him to try. I definitely will. For sure, man. Um. You know, I, I remember in the in the off season you had you had a Sports Illustrated cover come out where where you had your hands all dipped in sauce and stuff. I was curious what what was uh what was the shooting the photo of that like? Did they just tell you to like stick your hands in sauce and then pull it out? Like what what was going on yeah, there? They, they I think they put like a a graphic on it. I mean, uh, what is it called? A filter? And they put like oh. a filter on it because the original <laughs> how it originally looked and how it came out looking on a Sports Illustrated cover is totally different. You know, yeah, you but, got a lot. I know you got a lot of people making fun of it on Twitter after that, right? Man, it's all good. Bro. <laughs> it's all good. I think that died down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know how how much you know we you know obviously talk to you a lot just from uh, covering the team, but you know you've been getting asked about you know expectations for the season and how good this defense will be and all that stuff. Like, how how much are you looking forward to just putting that all finally behind you and going out there on September 11th and finally showing what you guys can do? Uh, can't wait. September 11th, that's the day. You know, uh, you know, I don't need to answer no more questions. You know, the game will speak for itself. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. You never go out there and compete. and Go out there and go to war with my brothers. Tell me why you think you guys have the best cornerback room in the NFL. And, uh, we have fun, uh, first and foremost. You know, um, we have a lot of fun. I'm not saying no other corner rooms do. Cause I, I definitely know Philly. I know they having fun in there. Just being able to have knowing like Avante Maddox, Slay. I know they have a lot of fun in there too. You know Bradbury. But yeah, I can only speak for us, for real. We have a lot of fun. You know, we just trying to go out there and compete. You know, uh, dominate every time we step on the field. You know, and just get, get the ball, get them takeaways. I feel like we do it at a high level. So. How uh, how much has it made you your your group in particular better going against Aaron every day? I know we asked you before training camp about it, but then actually doing it, like what what how much better do you guys get going against him every day? 
And it's been great. Like, we playing the zone. You need to be in your zone. You ain't in your zone. He going to get the ball there. Yeah. Like, it's little stuff like that. Like, him being able to throw, like, 40-yard dots, like, no air under the ball, little, little stuff like that that that, that makes a – that make that makes it a huge deal, you know, and makes them hard to deal with. I mean, it's been great, you know, level of competition. He's a hard quarterback to intercept. You yeah. know, I feel like that just makes it easier in the game, you know. Um, makes us be where we have to be in zone, have good eyes when it comes to man. You know what I mean? Because looking back at the quarterback, he just make those impossible throws possible. You know, so it's been it's been tough, but you know, it's only been making us better. Yeah, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Garrett. You know, a lot, a lot, a lot. People talk a lot about how Aaron does like those hand signals at the line, and he's constantly changing his cadence and just doing everything he can to confuse the defense. So I'm I'm curious from like a defensive player's perspective, like how hard is it to defend a quarterback that is just constantly doing that at the line? And you kind of like, I, I guess you probably just have to focus on what's in front of you. But like a, a quarterback like that, like I imagine that adds an extra challenge, right, for a defense. No, I do. Like I remember when I seen the first hard knocks episode. And they got Garrett beat me on the slant. And it's like, that was literally the play right after I uh, broke up the fade. And people don't understand, like, <laughs> they did hurry up offense. And it's like, I didn't even know it was hurry up. Because Garrett, <laughs> I'm looking at Garrett and Garrett getting the line slow. Like, he just ran back. But the whole time, the center got his hand on the ball. He, he snapped the ball. It's that bad. Like, little stuff like that. It just teaches me always stay aware you know, because that wasn't really happening last year. You know what I mean? Because he's always been a huddle more times than not. But him being able to just take over the offense, make make them 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 checks. You know, because he can he read the defense. And just he don't he don't got to be a robot. Like he don't he don't have to run a play that's called. If he running yeah. a play that's called, he can still make his own adjustments. If he know what defense you know they in, because the offense yeah. coordinator don't know what defense. That the, the team gonna be in, you know, going into that play, he gotta hurry up and get a call, you know. So yeah, it's been great just being able to have a, a veteran quarterback, high, high Aaron Rodgers. What's uh, what was the process like of uh, coming up with your guys' uh, secret handshake? I don't even remember. I don't <laughs> remember when it started. I just know he he came up with it. Like it was, it was cool though. I liked it. That's what <laughs> he came up with. The good one. We we have fun with it. Uh, I see it's gotten a lot of attention, you know, from, the <laughs> from other athletes that be doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I I know guy, guys, both Aaron and guys around the team, have talked about how he, like, makes an effort to have lunch with, like, everybody on the team every day because yeah. he wants to get everybody. Like, is, is, that, is that what you've seen? Have you seen him just, like, sitting with somebody else when you guys go into the cafeteria every day? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um. That's one thing that he said. Uh, it was before one of the preseason games. He said, like, from now on, like, challenge yourself to just get to know your teammates more. Like, every day, just sit at a different table with different with, with different teammates, you know, get to learn them even more. Unless they're like that. And I'm just like, I was thinking, like, this is the thing about me. I'm one of those people, like, I observe, like, people and I figure people out, like, pretty fast. So, But you're not going to know. So like when he said it, I'm like, he really like he been in the league for a minute, Hall of Famer. He didn't have to say that, and he don't have to do a lot of the things that he do. You know, he already established he's been doing this for a long time. The fact that, you know, he do it, it's like he set a different standard. If he doing it, there's no reason that everybody else ain't doing it. You know what I mean? But 
Totally. It's not the same if it's reversed. Like if other people was doing it, he wouldn't necessarily have to do to do it. You know what I mean? Because he been in the league for a minute. So like yeah. doing doing a lot of these things, you know, it just it just set a set a different standard, set a new standard. For sure. I they said one more question. So I just wanted to ask you about uh one of your draft classmates. Um, because he, he fascinates me. It's my, Michael Clemens. I you know he's anytime he's at the podium. He's he's this intense, you, you know, he's, he's this intense dude. He only says a few words and um, it seems like he's that intense on game. I'm just curious what he's like when you guys are hanging out behind the scenes. Like, is he as intense as he acts? And I, I know some people say he's secretly one of the funniest guys on the team. Um, yeah. What's he like? I mean, from it's not like he acting, you know, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not just him. That's not all he know. He know how to joke around. You know what I mean? He know how to have fun. You know, he want them, he into music. He like music, listen to music. Like he one of those, it got to bring great energy, you know, great positive energy, you know, to the team. You know, everybody funny in, in their own way. That's one of the ways that he funny as well. But that don't mean like he joking all the time, though. You know, he, he a great teammate. You know, I trained with him in the draft process, you know, during the draft uh, process. And, um, yeah, great, great guy to have. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks, Sauce. I'm sure I'll see you around. Yeah, appreciate you. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chilling by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Last first, why you uh, why you decided to partner with Dr. Teals and and, how, and and you know how much how long you've been using them for? Yeah, man. So Dr. Teals is something that I've been using since I was in like seventh grade, and um, uh, yeah, my mom used them, and it, it's kind of one of those things where I was stealing hers, and then I ended up you know getting my own, and now I'm you know blessed to be working with them. But uh, but yeah, it's, I mean for me, every time I'm not on the field, it's always how can I be you know at my best when I am on the field, and how can I be um, you know recover just to to, you know, be able to put out what I want to put out when I am on the field. So um, Dr. Teals helps, helps me get there. Um, it's a vital part of my routine. It's something that, you know, I feel like I need. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm just so honored to be, you know, working with them now and have, you know, access to as much as I need because I, you know, I really truly do need it all. Um, so, so, yeah. I mean, kind of jumping off that, like, how you know, you're going into your second year now. How would you say the Garrett Wilson of like right now uh, is different than the one that was going into the season last year, week one? Yeah, just, uh, you know, seeing it for a year is like, it's like un- immeasurable, but it's, it's super valuable to like just seeing the game for a year and, and then um, playing in it, you know, being able to to watch the film from last season. I feel like I'm, I've just seen the game different just because of the, the year under the belt. But also just with my body, I, I feel like I'm um, I feel like I'm just faster this year. So for me, I, I've lo- I lost probably a, too much body fat to the point where they were like, you need to gain more. But I feel better. I feel 
super good. Um, and my weight is up though. So it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I wanted to, wanted to, uh, you know, just put on all the weight I could this off season. And for me, that's, it doesn't sound like much, but it's, you know, it's a lot. Like I have to really, really lock in to put on the weight I want. And, um, for the yeah. grind and all that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, now seeing it come to fruition and being out on the field, I feel stronger. I feel, I feel like I'm seeing the game better. And, um, yeah. And one thing I noticed, uh, in practice with you dating back to last year is how, uh, like how mad you get at yourself if you like have a drop or you make a mistake. Like, do do you ever get coaches uh, telling you to ease up on yourself when, when you're out there? Because I, I there's I definitely saw times last year you like stormed off. Like, I missed that, missed that ball. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, yeah, that's one thing. The coaches know that know that no one's harder on me than I am. So, so, um, I mean, because of that, you know, they always kind of don't have to say too much to me, and and. Uh, and and with that said, though, they they do still make you know make sure I'm not beating myself up and making sure that I'm bouncing back so that it's not affecting my game or that I can you know still make the next play because that's always you know the most important one. Um, and I feel like you know also in that sense I'm better with that this year. I feel like I'm better with that. You know, it's something I'm always working on because I am a competitor and I love the game and and um, sometimes that comes out naturally. But but yeah, man, it's, most of the time it doesn't it doesn't help. So. <laughs> um, you know, alive in the moment and you know it's okay to reflect but um you know I feel like I'm doing better with just moving on from that stuff and and um taking the next step yeah I I you've probably been asked every version of questions about Aaron Rodgers and your relationship with him by now but uh I know one thing a lot of the guys who played with him in like Green Bay used to talk about was how like young receivers would sometimes struggle with his you know his hand signals and how much he was changing stuff at the line and like the flip side of that is guys who like really got it were the ones that were like really get like putting up numbers and and like was flowing in the offense. Like, what's that process been like? Kind of learning that aspect of playing with Aaron for you. And you know, I know he throws stuff at you in warm ups, and and like he's always quizzing you guys. But like, what what's that process been like? Yeah, I mean, it's like every day is like a new challenge. Um, it truly elevates, you know, the whole receiver room. It makes us lock in on our details, take notes of everything, um, be able to take the the meeting room right to the field and and execute it. Um, but yeah, you know, there's definitely a learning curve with it, though. So um, for me, it's just keeping my eyes on him and then realizing when he's going to snap and getting used to his rhythm and his cadence and so that I'm not missing one of these signals just because I'm so locked in on the ball, you know, that type of thing. And, and um, I got to start doing it now. You know, I had to start doing it a few months ago, honestly, so that I wouldn't. And now I'm now I'm good with it, but so that I can do it in the game because in the game, it's only going to be harder. It's only going to be louder. And and um I mean, if, if we can truly buy in and do it the right way, which is why it's great to have guys like Cobb and Allen and yeah. uh, Malik to translate these things. But if we can truly do it the right way, man, it makes us really hard to stop. And uh, Aaron sees the game in a really natural, pure way, like playing in the backyard, which is awesome for, you know, the receivers, for for really everyone that plays with them. And it makes it really fun and, and it just makes sense. So, um, yeah, man, it's just me locking in on those details and making sure that I'm picking, you know, Aaron's brain every time I can. I mean, and you kind of said this, but how, like how much is the reward at the end of like learning all that stuff that I guess the reward at the end of it is that the defense kind of doesn't really know ever what he's trying to do at the line, right? You're like confused. Yeah, exactly. The reward is is always, you know, being in the ideal look against whatever look we're getting yeah. from the defense, you know? Um, so, so you know, if you can really buy, on, buy in on that, you know, you won't have a lot of negative plays or bad plays or wasted plays. But, you know, on the contrary, if you don't, then you can have, you know, throwaways and, you know, just look out of whack. So you got to really, really lock in on that stuff for sure. Aaron uh, mentioned the other day that he's trying to 
with you specifically, he's trying to give you like an extra tick. So cause he, cause he thinks if you, if he gives you like even just an extra second, like you'll get open. Like, and he said he used to do that with Devante too. Like when, when you hear him talking about you in that way, like how, how special is it that you've already like kind of built that, build that bond up? Uh, I mean, that's, that's truly special. You know, that is truly special to even be mentioned with, with Devante. And I know, you know, Aaron thinks highly of me and I think the same of him. And it all comes from, you know, the way we both go about our business and, and the fact that we have a common goal in mind and, um, you know, we respect each other. And, and uh, I mean, I'm just, you know, he knows how, how happy I am to be playing. With him, so um, yeah. it, it is awesome, man. But for me, it's like, all right, and then, you know, I got to go, go prove, you know, who I am every week. I got to go, you know, make every play I can for this guy. And at the end of the day, man, we, like I said, we both have the same goal in mind. So, you know, I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, that stuff, that stuff is really cool, but we're going to put in the work to make it, you know, real. I, I know Sauce went to the Knicks game with him. Have you hung out with him outside of uh, the facility yet? Yeah, I have. I have a few times. So um, we didn't do a Knicks game, you know, nothing <laughs> public crazy like that. But and No cameras there for uh, you. <laughs> exactly. I had some fun a few times. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so one, one thing Sauce, uh, you know, you obviously came in together with him. He, he talks a lot about how when he thinks about his goals, he thinks about the end first. He's like, I, I think about how at the end of my career, I want people to think of me like this and you know, make the hall of fame and all that stuff while still focusing on the day-to-day. But like, do, do you, do you kind of think like that too? Like, do you think about how you want people to remember you and at the end of your career kind of thing? Um, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe not like actively. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. Honestly, I really don't. You know, I kind of just try and go about this thing as a day by day, realizing how how blessed I am to to be in the, the position I am. And, and I, I feel like if I do think about that, that'll lead to me putting in the work and, and making sure I'm doing the right things to keep my life that way. And, um, you know, God blessed me with the talent. And, and now it's about, you know, what can I do with it to, to make it last as long as possible and, to, you know, to influence as many people's lives or, you know, whatever it is. With yeah. it. And um, I feel like if I do that and keep that in mind, you know, each, each and every day, it'll, it'll all take care of itself, man. So, yeah. um, you know, I like to think of myself as someone who, who's, you know, internally driven and, and that is, you know, I wake up and feeling that way, wake up feeling like I got to go. And then, you know, that's how I've always been. So I like to think it'll stay that way, you know? Yeah. And listen, last year, obviously you saw us and Breeze got a lot of attention. I feel like it led to people maybe forgetting that Jermaine Johnson was also a first round pick with you guys. And I mean, I, I saw in camp how dominant he was, you saw how he was too, but like as, as a guy who was in his draft class with them, like what, what, what do you think about people sleeping on that, on that kid? Cause he seems like he's just ready to go off this year. Yeah, man, they're, they're going to find out soon, you know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of beauty in, in people sleeping on, you know, certain people. You know, it's it's uh, it's cool. You, you can get a chip on your shoulder and, and you know, hopefully it stays with you for, you know, the rest of your career. But, but um, yeah, man, it's cool. You got to embrace that. And I know Jermaine has, and he's, he's, he's ready to go. Like you said, man, he's a great player. And uh, I feel like the whole world will know, you know, after, after this season, for sure. And then one more draft class, mate. I'm what what is what is Michael Clemens like? Because I, I he fascinates me because we see him at the podium and he's he got that deep voice. He only says a few words and he's so so intense, it seems like all the time. I'm just curious like what he's like when you guys are seeing him in the locker room and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is like that though. He is like that for real. But me coming in with them and all the rookies, we all know his, you know, we all know him so well and and know kind of his uh I don't know, just just how to get him, man. But that is truly him, man. He's being natural, like for real. That's him. Uh, like I said, we just know his little, yeah, yeah, 
Get him. Uh, oh, no, he's hilarious, bro. He's actually hilarious. I love yeah, Mike. A, it, Aaron Whitecotton said he's like a good storyteller, sneakily, too. Like, he's good at telling stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly, man. He is. He is. And all right, one more for you, a little lighter question. So I, I've, I've told people about this when they've asked me about you. I, when, when the reporters are in the locker room and we go up to you to like talk to you, you almost always are willing to talk to us. And, and the only time I say that you're, you're not is you say, I got, I got to get home and walk my dog, which, which I think is the most relatable thing you ever say to us. Cause I, I relate to that, but uh, <laughs> so I, I'm just, I just was curious if you can tell me about your dog name, what kind of pup it is when you got him and all that. Uh, so yeah, his name is Carmelo. Um, I got him during COVID whenever we thought, you know, February 14th, I got him on Valentine's Day COVID year. I think that was 2021. Yeah. yeah. 2021. Um, and I, you know, we didn't think we were having a season at the time, you know, as far as, so I was like, I'm gonna have a lot of time on my hand as far as Ohio yeah. state. And uh, I got him and yeah, he's a Shiba new drove about an hour away. And uh, man, to pick him up, pick him up on, on uh, what's it called? <laughs> February 14th. <laughs> and uh um, Zach Harrison and Ronnie Hickman came with me to go pick him up it was kind of like we're going to get this dog <laughs> my dog but even though we all stayed together so they were coming with me and um yeah man he's been a joy bro he's he's truly my entertainment like he's the best bro he's my dog he, I mean like bro huh so did you drive with him to from Ohio when you moved to New Jersey yeah I had to drive up from from Ohio to uh, to Jersey for the first time, so I could bring him, and he was perfect, bro. He sat back there; he's good. I mean, I'm sure it sucked, but, but <laughs> great dog, man. He's an energy ball, but he's great. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I, it was a great chat with you, of course. Of course, uh, I appreciate you, Zach. Good. All right, that'll do it. So that was Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson sitting down and chatting a little bit over Zoom with Zach. Zach has departed, but thanks for checking out another episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. Uh, if you want to check out all the great writing at The Athletic, we have a great deal going right now. End of the summer, $1 a month for 12 months for new subscribers. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait to get that deal. Uh, one more week of one episode, and then we'll scale things up to two episodes a week during the season. So we'll be back with you next week with more. We have to figure out what we're doing for picks this year um, without Marissa doing the pick. Uh, maybe she can do it from home. We'll see. But uh, we got to figure out the picks. We'll have news on that uh, next week. And then heading forward, thanks for joining us on the Can't Wait Podcast. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.